So I have a lot of clients that are in nutrition, um, mindful of the fact that I'm 35, you know, and things start to to change. <laughs> but it's true, isn't it, Joe? And uh, you being 21, you've still got to experience this. Well, exactly. Um... <laughs> Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Joe Dodds and I started this show back in 2016 to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean how they focus on productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience to enable them to do more of the stuff that they want to do and less of the stuff that they don't. After 241 shows, I've taken a pause from doing new interviews to reshare previous interviews. They were too good to not revisit. So please do bear in mind that this podcast might refer to events from the past as current or in the future. But rest assured that the stories, tips and advice shared by my guests continues to be pure gold. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter. And today Joe is interviewing Mark Sefton, international mentor to entrepreneurs. Joe thinks she and Mark met via LinkedIn, which seems to be the second most popular connection story after the lovely introductions from our serial connector, Paula Gardner. Mark's debut book, Inside Job, debuted in 2014, has now resulted in his second book called Plot Twist, which launched in February 2017. Mark's love for entrepreneurship has been expressed through radio with his show Talk Business on Radio plus Coventry. Mark is a regular contributor to entrepreneur.com and has spoken on numerous business stages worldwide. Mark has taken the essence of what he has experienced and formed a business which helps draw out the magnificent potential each of us behold. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Mark Sefton of MarkSefton.com. Hi Mark, thanks for joining me. Great to have the opportunity to speak to you and your audience. Always fun to do a podcast. Yeah, well you're very experienced, aren't you, at such things. So I'm sure that'll come out through the the interview. So so tell us a bit about you and what you do and also where you do it, crucially. Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, everything I do is about influence. I want to influence people in a positive way. So if I would be really disappointed if people listen to this and don't take one thing that energizes them, focuses them, or, or gives them some kind of um, blueprint to doing things differently. I think, you know, everything that I do, like I said, has that influence going through it. I write for Entrepreneur Magazine. I have a radio show called Talk Business. I have a couple of books myself, and most of my focus is around mentoring entrepreneurs on a one-to-one uh, level and also within a, a group of masterminds and I think you know it's just great to be able to share some of my failings some of my successes uh, to an audience that you know either when they, you put something out there it either resonates or it doesn't you know and you've just got to find your 10% you just got to find the people that really like what you're about and what you have to offer mm-hmm. and, and not worry too much about being you know uh, something to everybody and I think that's quite liberating so I think often we all get caught in a trap and think you know everybody's our client you know and everybody's going to love us and I always say you've got to go where the love is Joe and so 
you know, I think with anything, when you're putting yourself out there, you're going to get people that really resonate. And there's people that I think probably want to attack you to try and keep you, you know, quiet and, and, and stifled in some ways. And you've mm. just got to go where the look mm. is. I was listening to um, a guy called Sean Croxton yesterday. He does a daily quote show on, as a podcast. And he was saying that years ago he had a YouTube channel and um, he was putting regular stuff out. And then he was having, you know, quite a lot of people sort of tro trolling him and, and, you know, saying horrible stuff as well as the people that were saying really good stuff. And he eventually took it down. And then he said he went to an event and he heard somebody saying that, you know, unless you have people who don't like what you do, do and who you are, then you're not, you know, really showing up and doing anything of any value to the people who do, you know, want to hear from you and so on. And, that, and you know, and that helped him kick off the rest of his his career. And I thought that was really interesting because I'm not really, I try to sort of avoid controversy online and that sort of thing. Um, but you're, you're right that, you know, not everyone's going to like you. And actually, if you worry about, those people who don't like you then uh, it probably stifles anything that you do doesn't it yeah and some of those people if they spent their energy you know on actually developing their own life and bringing something of value rather than criticizing others mm. then you know i think they would assert themselves well um mm. it's just unfortunate i think that when you are putting yourself out there you know people kind of get a kick out of trying to belittle but um i think it takes i think it does take courage but I think if you believe in who you are and believe in your message, then you've just got to keep going. And yeah. um, I guess some of the inspiration around why I do what I do is because I really want to actually pick those people up that have had, you know, a difficult life where they have been, um, you know, spoken of it in a, in a poor way and, and treated in a disrespectful way and building up their own confidence and their own value. And so in some ways, without those people, you know, maybe I wouldn't, be doing what I'm doing now because I really just enjoy developing people getting the best out of people helping them believe and creating the right environment for them to really kind of flourish mm. uh, for me that's a big part of why I do what I do why I write and, and why I have a radio show where I can kind of create a platform for people to share their story which will engage you know with their audience mm. so tell us a bit more about sort of what a, a, a typical day looks like for you and I know that probably there isn't a typical day it's the same for the rest of us but you know how are you working with people are you working in their offices in your office and you know online how does that all play out yeah I mean if you give me the choice I always love to work with people face to face I don't think you can ever replace that I think both from my point of view and the person that I'm mentoring, I think, you know, they're going to get, you know, an extra 10% out of the sessions just because you can gauge emotion and read body language and, and it's more kind of uh, coming together. Whereas obviously the power of the internet enables all of us to reach a global market, you know, and I have quite a lot of clients in Canada and, and America and Australia uh, because of the power of the web. Uh, my masterminds I've kept local, so I've tended to focus more on a local uh, entrepreneur and creative uh, locally because I, I love to start my masterminds with food. Uh, I think food's a great way just to build a rapport and to break down some of uh, ego when you're eating at the same table. You know, it, it, brings, it brings people together. Mm. Um, I have a great little office uh, out, in, out in the country. Uh, it's on about three acres of land and I'm able to to walk and then do go out for a walk off and listen to a podcast on my lunch and do videos on Instagram stories out there because it's so 
scenic it's beautiful it's where i get to breathe it's where i can be creative um typically you know probably like on mondays i have something called mark mondays so i don't tend to do mentoring sessions this is where i, I read i journal and i reflect and it's literally i'm having a one-to-one -one with myself because i believe the power of reflection is the greatest weapon for personal growth so mondays are called mark mondays and i keep yeah. their keep them fairly sacred yeah it's what i probably probably call a soul sabbatical where i just kind of get right with myself i listen to uh, my heart and how i'm feeling and i'm reflecting on the week to come in terms of where i really want to bring my a game what's my real focus for this week uh, and just taking time i guess to listen and be quiet uh, so mondays are quite structured in terms of that but within the structure there's huge amounts of fluidity and then tuesday thursday friday are pretty similar in terms of i have regular mentoring sessions at certain points through the day uh, wednesdays tend to take more of a spin uh, typically though i haven't been doing this religiously more recently uh, but still practice this as a rule of thumb i have three children and so i um i alternate between the three uh, every week i'll take one of them out for some one-to-one -one time and i i book that in like a meeting and it helps my children appreciate i guess the work that i do because when they say you know dad what are you doing today and i'm like well uh, you know, I've got a meeting and they're like, what, like me and you. So they, they get to understand it and it protects that time and it helps me really develop a close relationship with them. Mm. Uh, and I tend to do it on Wednesday because I head over to the studio in Coventry to do my radio show every Wednesday, which is from four to six. Um, Saturdays tend to be, um, I guess for me, uh, in the sense of, you know, I play a lot of sports. So I tend to play football on a Saturday. I may even go and watch a game and then I tend to go out with some friends on Saturday evening. And then Sundays are called Sefton Sundays and, and these days are days with the family and friends where I just unplug and I just make sure that my family are priority. So there is some structure within in my days and you know I, I kind of enjoy um, some of the routine but I always like to keep you know the ability to flex um, at the forefront of you know my days yeah yeah so being a fan of alliteration and being a slightly OCD I'm quite impressed that you've been called Mark Sefton so you can use the Mark Mondays and the Sefton Sundays <laughs> if you're called mm -hmm. something else it wouldn't work so well would it <laughs> no yeah I mean I think I think yeah it's great that I could do that but yeah I think I would I would have to try and work out some kind of way that it connected with other people's names so if people uh, want me to have a go they can they can drop me a message <laughs> excellent so it, it's interesting it sounds um as you say it does sound structured it also sounds fluid as you as you've described which is um interesting that you know for two quite uh, opposite concepts so to get, take us into a day so do you, do you have a particular routine and I guess Mondays will be different to the other days but uh, you know do you have that sort of morning ritual routine thing in your life yeah it's interesting isn't it because I think the reason why I'm I'm routine is because I believe in being intentional and so if I do something it's one of the reasons why I don't actually drink Joe is because of the fact that um, I want to make sure that every decision I make, I'm making it from a, from a place of, you know, intentionality. Yeah. And um, the thing that I love about routine is the fact that you can measure and I get a kick out of 
measuring my own performance and yet I love uh, being unshackled and I love being free and expressive um, I don't need to know all the answers you know um, but I do kind of enjoy having the answers in terms of measuring but I think you know for me um, the routine that I that I do take is I I mean I read 10 pages of a book every day so I kind of get to my office around quarter past eight and I tend to uh, read a devotional and then I read 10 pages of a book and maybe uh, an article from a favorite magazine uh, and then I do a little bit of a workout um, tend to just work my arms in my office um, just getting my mind set and then obviously just getting my body tuned and I think you know it's it's always good that if you create a habit that you are changing the environment you know so actually I have two desks in my office so I actually read uh, on one desk and then I do my work on another yeah and it just really helps just really helps you uh, get into that get into that zone in terms of this is my reading time this is the space that I go and I think when we make a physical adjustment that actually really helps us mentally um, you know there's loads of trigger habits um, that I've worked with clients before and in my own life like when you're brushing your teeth, um, you're just saying out. Well, you can't say out loud because it would go everywhere. But you're saying in your yeah, you're saying in your mind what you're grateful for. Or it might be that you that you just spend those two minutes praying or or meditating. So obviously the trigger is the fact that brushing your teeth. Um, this, you can do it for all sorts of things. Like the average person goes to the bathroom seven times. Um, you can't do this when you're in a restaurant, though. It'd be quite humorous, wouldn't it? But every time you go to the bathroom, you get down and do 10 press-ups or whatever. Yeah. You know, and it just creates these little triggers that create a new habit. But in terms of, like, a morning routine, yeah, reading 10 pages, reading devotional, doing a workout all before 9 o'clock, you know, that's kind of very typical of me. Um, mm. it is something that I, that I do because I think if you don't make time for things, it doesn't happen. Um, so it's not me trying to create a life that's really religious and mundane, but I do think 80% of success is, is doing, you know, the difficult and the boring, you know, and, and the challenging, uh, most people aren't successful because if it doesn't feel good, they don't do it. We live in a society which is all about whether it feels good then do it and we've lost the stomach and the art to actually act first and then sometimes feelings come after that um, because we live in a society that's convenient and it's like uh, spoon-fed you know everything in the world that we live in now is about convenience online banking and there is a time you know when we all want convenience you know me included you know I I would pay the extra airfare to fly you know first class business class so I can get through all the queues before anybody else. Sometimes it does pay to to be, um, you know, convenient. But I think sometimes we do lose the fact that we we tend to be moved by our emotions and not by our actions. And mm. so that's kind of why I, I kind of read. It's it's it is work for me. I read because I know that it that it impacts me and it increases my vocabulary and helps me understand more. But when I come to a vacation, I don't read because for me it's work. You know, I literally, when I'm on vacation, I do diddly squat. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, yeah, I'm just in the moment. 
yeah yeah so intrigues me as to what you do at the end of the day so do you have a particular sort of close down of the office and do you have a particular sort of deadline to to stop working or is it more fluid than that yeah i mean sometimes um when you when you're obviously working for yourself you can't always um be as structured as to what time you want to go home especially if you have clients that require you uh, to work particularly after they've they've already done a full day's work so you do have to be flexible um i hate traffic joe and so um i tend to leave my office at 4 30 most days because i just cannot stand getting stuck in traffic Mm -hmm. and i think it's one of the perks of working for yourself is the fact that i can get to my door before anybody else leaves uh, their office at five o'clock yeah um so yeah there is i'm probably not as structured um during the end of my days in terms of leaving the office i mean in terms of at night i always power down by 9 p.m so regardless of where i'm at i i will endeavor to be powering down at nine o'clock getting Mm -hmm. off the electronics uh that's when i tend to sit down and, and write my gratitude diary so i tend to write down two or three things that I'm grateful for. And then I also uh, do this thing with clients where I measure their joy levels. And so it's really simple, really. I do it alongside the gratitude. Um, But I get clients to score from 1 to 10 uh, their joy level. And let's say 10 is is really joyful and 1 is depressed. And then I just get people to write a few points as to why they've scored it um, that way. And then when I I do this with clients for like three weeks, I start to see patterns and then I help them in terms of uh, increasing the tasks or the people that that bring them high levels of joy and equally reduce or eradicate the projects, the clients, the people that result in uh, low levels of joy. Mm. Um, So that's something that I've done uh, for the last three years, you know, um, just looking at um, trying to create that one or two percent of my life that really can make a difference and put me in the right, you know, mental framework. You know, things happen to us all the time, which are sometimes difficult to understand and we all deal with things differently. Yeah. But I've realized, you know, for the last probably four or five years that your mind is a muscle and you've got to work it out. And it doesn't mean bad things won't happen, but how you deal with them and your ability to, ward off and 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 strengthen and and hold on to your own conviction um when things are are tough uh, really helps you know by creating Mm. these habits that that are about really you know affecting your mind because the only way to get into your mind is really by what you're listening to and who you're listening to and who you're allowing to speak into your life what you're looking at what you're reading what you're absorbing through your for your eyes you know it's the environments that you put yourself in the situations you know, these are all the things that impact our mind and we've got to be a, a lot more critical uh, and a, a lot more intentional about what we're listening to, what we're looking at. That's why we're seeing so many issues with mental health, you know, because we're being bombarded and we need to take back control and realize, you know, everything really yeah. falls on the mind, the battlefield of the mind. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let's change the subject um, a bit, although there's a, there is a link to that. You talk about, you know, sort of things overwhelming people what about getting things done i mean you, you as we said you sound like you have quite a lot of structure and you and intentional uh, actions are really key and important for you so how do you 
manage your time in terms of getting things done? How do you make sure that you don't get overwhelmed and, and you can leave the office at four o'clock or four thirty? Mm. <laughs> well, you know, it's something that I've been talking about for a while, but actually I don't manage my time, Joe, and I'm never late. I I mean I hate lateness. I'd rather be, you know, a minute I'd rather be an hour early than a minute late, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for me the key and people say to me, Mark, how do you do all that you do? Because I actually, I actually feel there is enough time in the day. Um, yeah. And the reason why I say that, and it's really simple, but people have to shift their understanding here, is I don't manage my time. I manage my energy. Yeah. Um, and what I mean by that is I have three filters, and you can adapt these three, or you can come up with your own. In every situation, whether it's uh, hanging out with somebody, whether it's taking on a new client, whether it's taking on a new project or opportunity, my questions are, am I good at this? The second one is, does this excite me? And the third one is, is this going to take me to where I want to go? And if it doesn't answer yes on all them, then actually I don't commit to it and I don't do it. So the only things that I'm doing in my life are the things that I love, the things that I'm good at, and the things that are going to take me to where I want to go. The reason I'm doing this podcast with you is because I'm good at them, I like them, and I believe that if my story can continue to inspire just one person, you know, then I'm winning. Yeah. And so that, for me, is really the crux of how you are able to deliver on all that you want to do when you become bullish and aware of your own vision, your own purpose, knowing what you're good at, knowing what excites you, and not being dragged to and through just because somebody's willing to pay you uh, X amount of money for something that, yeah, your bank balance may enjoy it, but actually you don't enjoy it and actually has a negative impact because your your experience with your client is that they thought well that was okay mark but i but i've had better or i think i could get better elsewhere so i think it's really important that we become very mindful of the fact that we shouldn't just be committing to something just because somebody's willing to pay us for it we need to be bullish in terms of our own value and what we really want in our life so tell me a bit more about how that works for perhaps people who are new in their businesses or people who uh, frankly, you need that money and, and you know, have a difficulty in, in making that choice as a result because, uh, you know, it sounds absolutely the right thing to do, but I can just see where, you know, compromises come in or, or where, where people don't do it because, you know, there's there's a, a need or a desperation, um, you know, to, to be earning uh, whatever money regardless of it, of whether it fits that criteria or not. How, how do you help people to think through how to do that themselves without you know being destitute (laughs) yeah no I understand I I do understand what you're saying I think you know but uh, I think if you're at that point of being desperate people uh, can feel that through your branding through the way that you communicate and actually it puts people off anyway Mm. I guess you know when I've considered some of the paints uh, paints some of the problem points of clients uh, often when I'm speaking to them about their business and, and asking them, you know, what is causing you frustration, um, most of the time it is, it is their clients. And when I look at what are the issues, it's often around clients not paying or, or being late with payments. Mm. Uh, and so you create all this kind of uh, aggro and pain where it seems like the same clients are, are 
demanding 80% of you, you know, all the time and you get stuck because, you know, they're the ones that seem to be your biggest client in terms of bringing money into your business. But at every point um, when I've gave them the courage to actually let them go, um, it's resulted in them bringing in, you know, three times the amount uh, of business into their own business without half the aggro that they were getting from, you know, the one client. So while it doesn't necessarily address the question that, you, that you've asked me uh, right on the nail, I'm hoping that in terms of, you know, realizing the fact that sometimes if you do work with somebody just because you're willing uh, to take money from them, they're, they're the exact reason uh, why you end up, you know, really not enjoying your job and, and enjoying your business because uh, you've already recognized the fact that uh, they're hard work and, and it isn't aligned. And for me, you can't put a value on that. I would much rather um, be doing what I love with the people that I love doing it with, you know, and even if that means having a sacrifice in terms of being a bit more patient to go on a summer's holiday or, you know, wanting to upgrade your home, then I've always taken that road. And, and that's always served me because you can't pay for happiness. You can't pay for joy. But I think, you know, there will be probably times where if it's just for a season where you might bite the bullet and everybody's situation is different. But from experience, yeah, when you, when you just take people on um, just for the sake of them working, you know, and paying, you know, for your services, it's never always gone down too well. No, I think it always it uh, causes an issue around productivity and, and making stuff happen as well because you tend to procrastinate on those things because either they're difficult customers or you don't want to do whatever it is or it's just difficult for you know one of many reasons so yeah I get what you're saying with that so what about um, technology then you've talked about um, sort of asking yourself questions to determine whether you should be doing stuff um, mm. what do you use to help you to do that stuff better? Have you got any tools or apps or things that you use that you'd recommend to other people? Well, I, I love, I love Flipboard because you, cause I like to read and obviously with my radio show, I have to be quite focused in terms of giving people relevant business news. And, and I love to kind of like read about mindset and personal development because that's the kind of the area that I'm in. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Flipboard, it, it enables you to kind of almost create your own newspaper so you can actually get Flipboard to stream just the information that's uh, important to you, like entrepreneurship. Anybody that writes about entrepreneurship, rather than scrolling through all the news and having to go all through all the horrible stories that are happening in the world, it literally just uh, streams your likes into like a newspaper. So that's yeah. definitely like one that I... Mm -hmm that I love. Um, there's a, an app called 24Me, which has uh, been designed uh, by my friend Liet Mordecai in Israel. Israel's great for uh, technology and developing apps. And 24Me is just a great way just to schedule and track um, you know, like tasks. And it just really helps in terms of organize your day. So I don't use it religiously, but it's certainly been a tool that, that's helped me. So it's definitely worth um, checking out. And it is free. Cool. I think they do have a, a paid one as well, but 24Me yeah, is, is, a, is a good one. Mm -hmm. um, another app that I that I use a lot is an app called BizCard, which is basically an electronic business card. And again, that's free, but it means, you know, when you go to events, you're never, you're never without because it's always on your phone. 
yeah. and it's brilliant because you can do absolutely everything with it. And when somebody, uh, when you send them the email with your contact list, they literally press a button and it streams all the information into their contact list, oh, like cool. social media channels, uh, your your address, um, yeah, everything. It's just yeah, it's gold, and I love that. So that's probably probably the ones that I that I use a, a, like religiously. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really cool. I'll have to check that one out, definitely. <laughs> yeah, Spitz card, so it's double Z. Lovely. Thank you. Yep. So you've talked a bit already about um, some of the things that I'd ask you about around keeping healthy. You've talked about uh, some of your sort of routines and I guess you'd call them rituals, and you've talked about uh, regularly walking and doing a bit of exercise. What What other things are you doing to make sure that you keep healthy? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm mindful of of health. I have a lot of clients that are in nutrition, um, mindful of the fact that I'm 35, you know, and things start to to change. <laughs> but it's true, isn't it, Joe? And uh, you being 21, you've still got to experience this. Well, but, exactly. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, for me, it's more recovery, I think. You know, I've, play, I've played football since I was six years old, and I still play every Saturday, and uh, uh, in 11 a side league and um you know i you know that's something that i always kind of look forward to and i tend to train on a tuesday uh, most most uh, most weeks um so that's definitely it doesn't feel like exercise though because i love that game mm. i think it's quite funny though the fact that you've got 22 men chasing one one ball it's almost like you you'd feel like you'd give every man a ball and it would be uh, more enjoyable but um, <laughs> it's quite it's quite it's quite funny when you when i think of it but i just love the dynamics you know and um so that really keeps me you know focused i drink a lot of water i probably probably still not drinking i think it's three liters i probably drink two but i'm i'm pretty i you'll always see me with water on me um that's something that i've kind of has become a lifestyle when i did a boot camp about two years ago so I don't believe in diets or fads. I believe in I believe in lifestyle changes. Yeah. You know, so for me, unless I plan to never eat chocolate again in my life, then I don't see the point of uh, of giving it up. the The opportunity is really to to minimise or reduce how much you know chocolate I'm I may eat. Yeah. I've always had a sweet tooth. I already said that I don't drink. Um, so I'm mindful of like the foods that that um that are good for me, like fruits and vegetables. And thankfully I, I like them. Uh, I do like my food. So I do tend to be mindful of the amount of exercise that I need. Um, I've got a fit bit, which, you know, I think, you know, just in terms of accountability, you know, when I first got this, it was like, you know, if my target was 10,000 steps and when I got home, I'd done 8,000, you know, then it would make me go out for a walk, walk around the block, you know, a couple of times just to get to that, that 10,000. So I think, yeah if there's little things like that that can help mm -hmm. though I wouldn't say that you know I'm not I wouldn't say that I'm a picture of health um in terms of you know some of the these ripped uh um really focused individuals I'd say I'm a normal person who who has a reasonable understanding in terms of nutrition and eating right and exercising but I definitely think there's more growth even for me you know on a personal level yeah. Um, to be able to fine tune and improve my own uh, my own health, but I, I do realise how important it is mm -hmm. uh, and the importance of, of energy, you know, in terms of mental energy and and physical energy. Yeah, especially with uh, children around here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 
So you've talked a lot about uh, personal development and, and reading and, and that those things are important to you already. Uh, tell, tell us a bit, bit more about that. Perhaps include some um, books or films, music, whatever that, that, rec- that you would recommend as well, either for improvement or just inspiration. Well, I love a good film. I must admit, I don't really watch TV, but I love films. And, and in both my books, Inside Job and Plot Twist, I've actually referenced a couple of films. And I've basically shared what I've taken away from those meanings. In my latest book, Plot Twist, uh, the two movies that I talk about is the film The Way, which is about the Camino Santiago. Have, have you seen that film, Joe? I haven't, no. Tell me more. <laughs> oh, Joe, it's epic. Every Everybody should watch that. But basically, it's a... It's based on a, on a true story of a father who's played by Martin Sheen. He's an eye doctor. And Emil Estevez is his son. And uh, he ends up dropping out of uni, Emil Estevez. And much to his father's displeasure, how many of us have been through that where <laughs> our parents haven't been happy with our choices. Um, and he decides he, he's going to go to the French Pyrenees. So basically the Camino Santiago is when you walk from the French Pyrenees across to Spain. Right. And... Um, he goes and he does this, you know, much to his father's disapproval. And um, he ends up uh, being killed uh, in a natural disaster along, along that trek. Um, and the French uh, government uh, get in touch with, with Martin Sheen while he's in, on a golf course in, in America. And he immediately uh, goes over there. And the plan was just to bring his body back or whatever. But he ends up getting uh, his son cremated and, and finishes this walk, scattering his son's ashes along the way. Um, but the beautiful thing about, about the film is the fact that loads of people walk this Camino for different reasons, some for finding purpose, some because they're dying, uh, some because they want to lose weight. Uh, and it brings in all these different characters. One of them is James Nesbitt. There's this real funny Dutch guy. There's this lady. But, but what happens is they're doing life together on this trek and and it's amazing because they actually bring healing and purpose to each other. But it is such an incredible movie. It's a great movie. It has so many metaphors that I wanted to pull out, that I'd experienced, that I wanted to put into my book. Um, so that was one. And, and the other one that I wrote about in Plot Twist was Unbroken, which is... Uh, it was directed by Angelina Jolie, which is about a prisoner of, a, of war called Louis Zamperini. And I heard Louis speak um, when he was, uh, I think he was 93. I think he died last uh, July. Mm. Uh, and this is a great film of, of a true story of a prisoner of war who starts off with his childhood. He came from Italian like descendants, and they, I think they were in New York, and uh, he'd get in trouble, get in, in, in with the wrong crowd, and was renowned for police chasing him across um, New York. And uh, he ended up um, being called out by his older brother and said, you know, Louis, you've got a great gift to run. And so they actually kind of use his ability to run uh, and actually get him on the track and field. And he actually represents the USA and the Olympics. Uh, he, I think he places like seventh, but he does break the record for running the, the fastest lap during that Olympics. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously then the war breaks out and he gets called up, um, you know, to serve in the American army and um, his plane comes down and he's, he's at sea. And he's at sea for, I think, 40 days with some some crew and a couple of them die and 
they they have to go through so many things and they manage to get a hold of a, a Japanese warplane who just shoots at them and, and they're surrounded by sharks and there's it's all true story and they ended up getting picked up eventually and then he gets sent to a, a prisoner of war camp and he's tortured. Um, one scene is where he has all the Ameri- fellow American soldiers uh, lined up and they all have to punch him otherwise they'd be shot. And it's just the whole premise of Unbroken is he goes through so many extreme uh, circumstances and situations. And yet the guy who's the prisoner of war officer who's called the bird, he isn't able to break him. Mm. Uh, and it's unbelievable, just the endurance, the mental grit. And again, I just take the things that I've learned because they're powerful metaphors. And I guess just uh, one of the film, which is from my first book, Inside Job, which is about... Uh, it's called Sea Biscuit, which uh, I love. I've heard of that. Is that about horse racing? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a big horse fan, or even you know, watch racing. But but the whole the whole thing. Oh, I mean, Sea Biscuit. It just man, it, so many good things in there. One of the lines is, you know, you don't throw a whole life away just because it's banged up a little. That's like one of the key mm. messages. But Sea Biscuit, he's is the sire of Hardtack, who's known for you know winning and. They have this little cult and he ends up, you know, sleeping for most of the day and, and he goes through different owners and he gets sold for a rock bottom price. And then eventually he gets, um, you know, bought by um, some some guys. And the, th- the thing is, is they say, you know, he's so banged up, he, he doesn't know how to be a horse. You know, he they u- used to use him to be able to give confidence to the other horses by making him lose. Right. He's so used to walking in a circle that when he when he races, he 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 races in zigzags, um, and you've got this whole like scene. And then Toby Maguire, who plays Red Pollard, who's the jockey, he's going through his own issues of identity and you know not fitting in, and how they come together. And again, they heal each other, they they work together, and then they create something. Uh, of a legacy by being champions it's just oh yeah i love a, I love a good movie joe as i'm sure you can tell yeah i can tell yeah I'm, I'm liking the idea of the last one not so keen on the middle one i i, I don't really do uh all that violence it uh it, i tend to avoid it but uh it sounds very uh interesting definitely <laughs> if you can cope yeah. with the violence <laughs> yeah i mean it is violent and it isn't it's it's, it's what happened yeah. uh, it's yeah. You know the brutality of the world we we live in, um, mm-hmm. and it's not all just constant violence. There's a, there's enough there for you to be able to uh, breathe a little and, and maybe yeah. even smile. It's not all um, just brutal, but no. Yeah. I'd rather read books that have lots of violence in them, but I'm not so keen at, at watching it. But uh, but yeah, it does sound it does sound good. Yeah, because I always think my imagination is. Oh, not they're, that they're good. all epic. <laughs> no, they're all epic. You should all, yeah. all be watched those films, definitely. Yeah. Lovely, thank you. So we're coming um, towards the end of the the uh, podcast, and uh, I have a couple of questions that I ask everybody. The first one is about what about those days where things don't go right, where um, whatever you know, the best will in the world, the stuff that you've uh, put together that we've already talked about for making things go well, but still it doesn't quite work. How do you deal with that? What how do you cope with that? Well, I think first of all, we all have days like that. So I think when you when you have things happen. Uh, it's almost like it's more reassuring than the fact that we all have them. And I think sometimes when we kind of make room for the fact that things like this will happen, it, it does help us, I guess, deal with it better. I think the second 
thing, which always sounds a little flippant when I encourage clients uh, and even myself to do it. But when you go through a difficulty, I always ask my clients to say, you know, or ask themselves, am I going to die from this? And, and if you're not, then it's almost like get some perspective on, on the challenge ahead. Yeah. And then thirdly, I think, you know, for me, your current circumstances are temporary and not permanent. And that goes for success and failure. If you think of everything that you've been through, both good and bad, you're, you're, you're not there now. You know, time moves on, life happens. Uh, you either grow beyond your current pain or, it, you know, you just get into a different shift or eventually you get healing or, or whatever. So I think it's really remembering that what you're going through now is temporary, that it isn't permanent. Uh, and sometimes I think that's important because we all go through seasons where uh, things aren't going to plan, things seem tough, uh, they don't make sense, you know, it, it's painful, it's uncomfortable. Um, and then things start to, to shift, you know, because you become more aware, you grow in strength, you may increase your own support network. So I think it's really just being mindful of the fact that when things don't go to plan, let's reflect on why, let's be responsible uh, let's only kind of put our energy into the things that we can control. Let's spend an awful lot of time and energy focused on the things we can't. Like yeah. We can't change the weather. You know, there's certain things that are out of our control. And we just got to, I think we just got to be a little bit more, uh, take a step back and kind of see the bigger picture. So that's really kind of how I deal with it. Mm. So just sort of um, think, you know, things do get better and things don't last so sort of respond from that place rather than dwelling on it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I always think that it's important to reflect on, on why it didn't go to plan, whether it was something on you, um, you know, did I say the wrong thing? Did I act too soon? Did I not act quick enough? So I think, you know, you've got to take the learnings and reflect. But equally, I think when situations and life does happen, like when you lose a loved one or... or you know, something extreme happens, I think, you know, it's important just to be able to kind of be kind to yourself, take a little step back and realize that it is a part of life that, that we all go through these challenges that none of us have it all together. Mm -hmm. um, and just being mindful of the fact that we all have seasons and yeah, I, in the inside job, I talk about setbacks and I kind of quote and said, the, the only place you know, the only people that don't get flat tires are those who don't drive, you know, and if we're going to drive anywhere and journey anywhere in life, it's inevitable. We're going to get a flat tire. There's rubbish on the road. You know, there's glass, there's nails, you know, there's all sorts, you know, and the only people that don't get those flat tires are the people that don't drive. And I think that's the same in life. Yes. Yeah. No, I like, I like that concept. So last question then a day when you end the day, knowing that you've had the chance to live more. And I always say that that's about getting to do the stuff that you really want to do uh, and not the stuff that you feel you need to do or, or should do. Um, I guess this is going to be a, probably an easier one for you, given what you've already said. <laughs> what, what does that day look like? What does a, a, a day look like that where I feel like I've really lived? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think for me, like, because I, I am intentional and there is days where I think, you know, Matt, you really gave, gave the best of yourself. My, my kind of like mission statement is to positive, positively influence all that I meet to get inside people's heads 
to inspire change and growth. You know, I, I want to start fires in the hearts of men and women who become so focused on their own purpose that they will not compromise or even quit despite discouragement, setbacks and obstacles. And so if I can kind of create a life which I feel is impacting people, that it isn't fluff, you know, that it is generally making a difference in the, in the lives of people, whether it comforts them, gives them clarity, uh, increases their confidence, you know, then I, then I get a, a big kick out of that. Equally as well, I guess from a personal point of view, I love, you know, the certain things that I love uh, experiencing and doing. I love a massage, you know, every couple of weeks I have a massage just to be able to unplug and, and reward myself and, and take some time just to, you know, breathe. Um, I do believe in, in working hard, but equally I believe in breaks leading to breakthroughs and actually sometimes to get ahead we have to stop. Um, so often I think, you know, when it's been a life or a day that I feel like I've lived well, it's a mixture of, you know, giving the best of who I am and equally, I guess, uh, doing the things that I love that, that don't seem like work, but are more reward for, I guess, my ability to keep going, mm. even when, you know, times are, times are difficult. Yeah, yeah. Lovely. Thank you. Really appreciate uh, that answer. Yeah, yeah. So, how can people find out more about you and, and connect with you and, and find out more about your books and so on? Um, my website's marksefton.com. I'm very receptive on social media. Um, keys in the title being social. I've, I've met some of the most incredible people. Um, I've, you know, I've sold loads of books and had loads of clients through social media by just priding myself in building relationships and actually caring for people. Um, it really racks me off, Joe, when people kind of vomit on social media about all they do without any context or rapport or ability to, to say hello or, or engage. Um, we see all the time on LinkedIn where people, you know, they request a connection, you accept it, and then they just vomit, you know, all over you. And there's no, there's no kind of rapport, there's no relationship, you know, but, um, with me, it's kind of, you know, I'm very much people orientated. I, when I ask people, you know, like, how are you? It always makes me smile when people come back to me and say, how can I help you? And I'm like, well, actually, I'm not reaching out for, for help. I'm reaching out just to say hello and, and to build that connection. And um, yeah. yeah, people can probably do that through uh, Twitter and Instagram. I'm having quite a bit of fun with Instagram at the moment. It used to be all about Twitter for me. I have a good following on Twitter, but uh, I'm enjoying Instagram a, a little. I, I think it's a little, it always seems a little insincere, some of the comments, but I, it's because a lot of, a lot of people uh, are trusting their accounts to people that are just building, building up the, their own following. And it isn't the most sincere, I don't think, in terms of comments. Some of them don't even add up when they say, you know, it's a great picture and uh, it's actually a video. I'm just like, <laughs> what the heck's that? It's like, that's not even a picture, you know. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but, uh, but I think, yeah. Social media wise, yeah, uh, Twitter's at Sefton Mark. It's the same handle for Instagram. Um, all my social media channels are on my website at marksefton.com. And this is Sefton with my, a my PH, isn't it? Sefton with a PH. Yeah, like an elephant. <laughs> yeah, PH. Um, and how can people listen to your radio show? Uh, talk business. Um, if we have live guests, which I do most of the time, they can stream it and listen to it via our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash RP Talk Business. If you're not on Facebook, 
book or you don't you just want to hear the audio then most people stream it via radioplus.org.uk and the channel is also on the tuning app which is radio plus 101.5 fm lovely thank you thanks a lot mark i really appreciate your time today it's been great talking to you and and such just such a lovely sort of theme of um development and um and calmness throughout the the interview so thank you no thank you joe i hope you've enjoyed it are you a home-based coach or consultant feeling like you need a bit of help our power to live more calm membership is designed to meet you where you're at with the help you need in the moment so you can get unstuck move forwards and get stuff done you might think this sounds too good to be true or maybe wondering how it fit with how you work and run your business why not have a no obligation chat with joe to see how she can help you all you need to do is go to powertolivemore.com slash calm call use your power to live more